let's talk about a completely different way. Still two wheels, but this time you've got to do it all by yourself. You don't get 600 cc's underneath you. The Toyota Thule has been running for the past 16 years. A mountain bike adventure that traverses through Botswana, Zimbabwe, South Africa. Sounds amazing. Sounds difficult. It's starting in a couple of weeks' time. Grant Woodrow is the COO at Wilderness Safaris. Uh, Grant, good challenge to you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, John. Good to be with you. Wouldn't you love to do the Tour de Thule with 600 cc's under your bum? <laughs> uh, when you're on day two and three, you, <laughs> wish you, did, you definitely wish you had it. Eh? Okay, it, it sounds like a wonderful mountain bike ride. It's what? It's just short of a week. Tell us about it. We're about uh, we're about two weeks away. We the, the ride this year starts on the nineteenth uh, of July and it runs through for four days. Mm. But, uh, yeah, as you mentioned in the beginning, it's this amazing premier mountain bike adventure that traverses three countries, multi-stage riding through multi-countries, um, which is, makes it quite unique. We, we cycle through uh, South Africa, Botswana, and Zimbabwe. Um, yeah, so it's taking place in July each year, and uh, it's, it's one of the most wonderful rides you can get. Logistically, it must be really fun to put together. It's fun, but it's also quite challenging, uh, especially when you've come out of a COVID uh, mm. situation for the last few years. It's been very challenging this year. But, you know, we've got very good partners. We've got very good sponsors. Uh, we work very closely with the various governments. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's part of the Greater Mapungubwe Transfrontier Park area. So, you know, we're dealing with communities. We're dealing with governments. We, we're dealing with numerous partners. But when everybody pulls together, it's amazing what you can create. Uh, I'm having a look. Uh, it, it it sort of runs along the Limpopo River for a long time. Uh, from the beginning, though, heads north into Zimbabwe. Uh, it, <laughs> d- day one is a bit of a challenge. Well, I think day one is going to be a challenge because we've got to get through the Limpopo River. That's going to be our first challenge because it's flowing <laughs> a little bit higher than it normally yeah. does. Normally, by this time of the year, it's starting to dry up. But this year, we'll, we'll, we'll create some challenges. Um, but uh, we, we we ride up into into uh, into Zimbabwe for, for the whole day. Uh, it's a long it's a long first day. You know it's going to be seventy odd kilometres. Uh, we're going to sleep that night in a beautiful camp on the on the on the edge of the Chashi River, the dry dry at this time of the year Chashi River. Uh, we camp in the riverbed itself. It's absolutely mm. stunning. So that first day into Zimbabwe is absolutely amazing, and it's. It's the, the first day, a lot of the Zimbabwean riding is through communal areas. So you, you're moving through communities, you're going past community schools, because the community element is a big part of what you do. Mm-hmm. What sort of ride is the Tour de Thule? There's the Epic, which is very difficult. Is, is, this, mm-hmm. is this less so? Is this more of a tour, or is it still very, very challenging? No, look, it's, 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 it's very much a tour. We call it a ride and not a race. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is important that, uh, that we understand it. So we do sort of smell the roses, look at the scenery, hopefully find some wildlife. Uh, we've got time to sort of stop and have a look around. So mm. it's not about beating your time or beating the next person next to you. We, we ride in groups. Uh, uh, we ride with, with professional guides uh, leading the groups. Um, but it gives you a wonderful opportunity to, you can ride advanced up front, you could intermediate, or I wouldn't call it a beginner ride by any means, because you've got to be mm. very fit. It's about 300 kilometers of, of riding over four days, so it's, it's, you've got to be fit, but it's not as it's not going to sit in the same uh, category as the epic. Uh, you know, you come out of this one having made friendships and uh, and probably changed somebody's life. 
uh, without losing half your limbs and all the rest. <laughs> yeah, riding 70, 80 k's on a mountain bike, I'm imagining through some some sandy areas, it, it's not easy. It's like riding almost 150, 160 k's a day. Yeah, look, it's, most of the riding isn't through thick sand. There's obviously sections of sand. I mean, you can't get away with the sand in the Kalahari. So that's an expectation, but it's, it's short elements of sand. And what is really important is, is we traverse new routes every year. We look for trails. We mm. look for new trails. A lot of these trails are elephant uh, elephant wow. trails that have been, um, you know, in existence for hundreds of years. So very, very little of the riding is actually on road. Some of it is on sort of deep track when you need to traverse certain spaces. But most of your ride, probably 70 to 80 percent of your ride is, on, is through the bush on elephant trails mm. and animal trails. Uh, rocky outcrops. It's, it's just absolutely the most unbelievable scenery. And every day is different. You know, you, Zimbabwe is different to Botswana. On the second day, we cross, cross the Shashi River, we ride into, into the Mashatu area. Um, you know, that again is, a, is, a, is the most beautiful area in, within the 2D block. Uh, we cycle around there for two and a half days. Mm. Um, so we camp in the same camp for two nights, uh, nights three and four. And then we eventually wind our way back into South Africa where we started. So we started at Mapungubwe Camp and we and we finish on the confluence of the beautiful Limpopo and Chashi Rivers. So, really? you know, every every day is different riding, uh, slightly different challenges. Some days slightly shorter than the next, but uh, yeah, some, some pretty long days. Now, it's all being done for a good cause. Tell us about the reason you're doing all of this. Well, the the Tour de Chile is the main fundraiser for children in the wilderness. Um Children in the Wilderness uh, is a non-profit organization supported by ecotourism company Wilderness Safari. Um, and we aim to facilitate sustainable conservation through leadership development, uh, which is essentially through the education of children in Africa. Um, that is, that, that's the, 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 the basis of Children in the Wilderness. I mean, we believe that uh, the rural children of Africa need to understand the importance of conservation um, and its relevance in their lives. And to achieve this, we, we've created environmental and life skills pro- and education programs for children within these communities. Often they communities alongside the uh, concession areas that we as a business uh, operate our tourism businesses. So we're in real partnership with these communities. Um, we feel it's really important to focus on the next generation of decision makers mm. uh, and inspire them to then care for their natural heritage and to become mm. hopeful custodians uh, of these areas into the future. Okay, so this, this not only are you going through the communities, but you're helping those communities that you're riding through. Absolutely. Uh, so any profit we can make out of the ride, any profit we make goes towards the Children in the Wilderness program, uh, which obviously then uh, ensures the sustainability of the program across all the countries that mm. we operate in. Um, and I, I tell you, we've had some we've, we've had some pretty good success over the years. Over the last 15 years, um, we've I think we've hosted nearly 4,000 riders over that time, sure. uh, and we've raised around 20 million rand, uh, hmm. which has gone into these communities hmm. uh, all around the areas we operate. So I think that's that, that's quite impressive, you know. So we really do appreciate the support that we get from the riders. Uh, you know, it, it not only static riders, but also international riders beginning an increasing demand of uh, international riders, which is fantastic because it's obviously giving us great exposure. Um, but, oh, yeah, but Sorry, I was going to say, are you getting international riders this year? Yeah, we are. I would say 20 to 30% of our riders are international, so that's, oh, wow. that's nice. You know, uh, they're, they're also really keen to travel now. I think everybody's mm. keen to travel. We, we're so fortunate that our riders are fully subscribed. 
uh, which hasn't been the case for a couple of years. So I think two years break during COVID where we weren't, where it wasn't possible to do the Tour de Chile. Uh, coming out of COVID and getting back on your bike and getting fit and getting everybody together, everybody wants it. So we're very, very lucky that we well subscribed this year. Excellent. All happening from the 19th of July. Um, uh, it's a ride, not a race, you say, but do the front ones go out and, and still race it? Um, uh, to, to a degree. You've, got, you've always got a racing to make you feel good, right? <laughs> it's hard to, hard to get rid of them. But uh, we do try and keep them under control and uh, and allow them to have some fun as well. We've got a we've got a number of professional riders uh, and professional riders joining us on the tour this year, uh, which is really really good. It's lovely to have these riders that you know professionals in the industry that we can talk to mm. Uh, mm. and get to know and, and you know, learn from. And so it's, it's really fun. So yes, the guys do up front they ride quite fast, but at the end of the day, if you've got an elephant in your way, it's going to slow down. <laughs> I, I realize it's in alphabetical order, but on the website, you've got what to expect. Uh, and the second thing you have is bar services. So you, you, you know it's a good ride if there's beers and wine at the end of the day. Absolutely. Freezing cold. Freezing <laughs> cold beers and wine at the end of the day. Absolutely. I don't think the guys would join us if we didn't have cold drinks. <laughs> uh, and, and I see, uh, tell us about the e-bikes. A lot of guys are buying e-bikes now, a little bit easier to go up the hill. Do you allow that? Yeah, absolutely. We've got an increasing amount of e-bikes uh, on the tour as well. Uh, and we integrated into the tour because it's a controlled ride, because because of the wildlife and, and some of the dangerous areas that we travel through. That's one of the reasons why we've got professional guides uh, guiding each group. Mm. Uh, you have to be very vigilant with the wildlife in the area, particularly in the Tuli Block area, uh, where there are a lot of elephants, especially in this time of the year when it's dry season. Um, <clears throat> the e-bikes... Um, we integrate them well. We've got fantastic charging facilities, and we really do promote it because I tell you what, it's done. It's allowed so many more riders to extend their riding life. And and guys that have done the two to Julie for the last ten years, maybe getting on a bit in age, mm. are now jumping onto e-bikes, and, able, and, and it's enabling them to carry on and having this type of fun. So we really do embrace the e-bikes, and and you know you just got to make sure that they don't try and uh, overshoot everybody. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's always worked quite well. Yeah, I just I, I just love watching the guys the e-bikes with the cameras for the for the epic, and you know they're, they're following the best riders in the world. And here's okay, they're very good riders that can stick with them. But but just the fact that they can go up and down the same hill many times with a with a little battery pack to help them up is, is such a good idea. It is a good idea. You, when you are on the normal bike and an e-biker wants to pass you, <laughs> you're not as friendly as they probably would like to be. It's all relative. Right? Eh? <laughs> it sounds like a liquor tour. Good luck to you. And, and it's fully booked this year already. It's fully booked already, yeah. So we're ready to roll. We've uh, got our registrations in place and we, we meet in, uh, at Mapunbube Conference in, uh, in about two weeks' time. So very exciting for us. Uh, ben wants to know how many riders do you normally take? We've got, a, we've got 300 riders this year. A small um, number, right. Well, it, 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 it's difficult to manage any more than that. Yeah. Uh, it, again, because it's a bit of a controlled ride and, and you've got to manage so many different variables, uh, we've got it. And it's also, you know, it, it allows it to be relatively exclusive as well. Yes. Uh, you know, we just wouldn't be able to really manage more than that. Crossing borders and things like that, there's technical uh, difficulties and challenges. So, yeah, we try and keep it small, keep it unique, keep it uh, uh, special. Grant Woodrow, thank you very much. COO at Wilderness Safaris that puts on the Tour de Thule. You can find out more on their website, tourdethule.com, T-O-U-R-D-E-T-U-L-I, tourdethule.com. It really looks spectacular. If I was thin again, um, I I was never a mountain biker. I once did a three-day mountain bike race, ride, 
and I hated day one. <laughs> That's like two days to go. But yeah, these things look fun. These these long rides, these gentle rides through the middle of nowhere. It's, it's what you buy a mountain bike for. You don't buy a mountain bike to go around the cradle on the side of the road. You buy a mountain bike so that you can go on these adventures, these different places. And this looks like a wonderful experience. Uh, Tour de Thule. Uh It's not cheap, just so you know, but it, it's, it looks like it's a lot of fun.